It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle, our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN, and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello, everybody, and it's time now for episode 245 of the Three Point Podcast. Before I promote our sponsors, fellas, I did a little calendar looking, and if we get to 250, right, we talked about maybe doing something special, 250 would basically fall on Monday, January 9th. Kind Uh-oh. of an interesting evening, isn't it? So what, you're, you're going to pay for us to go to the national championship game? I think I was, that's what I heard. I was, no, our sponsors will. Oh, right, uh, okay. No, I was, I was going to say maybe the 250th will have some special things, but maybe it'll be celebrating a national championship. We can only hope, right? We'll record that Tuesday, I would think, after that. Boy. <laughs> well, anyway, we are teamed with some great sponsors. They include SkyMint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry, over 15 locations throughout the state of Michigan. Check out their new SkyMint Reserve. That is the good stuff. If you're over 21, go online at skymint.com, sign up for the rewards program, and stop into the Corona store. Use that coupon code 3.20 for 20% off SkyMint products, new customers only. Also, we're proudly partnered with Memorial Healthcare, home of the Now Community Wellness Center. Sign up to get yourself in shape and a whole lot more. I just want to tell you about a couple things they got going on, fellas. I just noticed they have a brand new 21-day health challenge coming up. Cost two bucks a day. initation fee and you know it's a weight loss thing with prizes you get a free one-on-one session with an exercise uh, physiologist a free body scan free drop-in classes that's at the memorial healthcare wellness center it's a 21-day health challenge and jared looks like you need that no i tell you what man you your great habits have been you know we obviously realized you've totally fallen off of them after you got second place in the challenge and basically it was all for nothing uh, I'm on day day number eight, man. We're we're grinding. I'm back good. on the health grind, eating good, exercising. Let's see if we can get to a month. Then, uh, like I said, the 21 day that was my challenge because 21 days would line right up with Frankenmuth. Oh, uh, there you go. 
be there. Gosh, so. I think I maybe maybe I better start tomorrow. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> that's a that's that's like the biggest curse of all. Start tomorrow. No, start <laughs> that's tomorrow. what I, I was doing that for two years, man. <laughs> yep. I was starting tomorrow for two years. It's uh, pretty crazy how that works. By it the way, crazy. I want to. I'll say this. I know. I know you got to finish. No, go ahead. Our, our our friends here that that support this podcast. The 21 day thing, there's this thing called the 21 day fix. I don't know if Jared, if you've heard of it or 21 day cleanse, they have that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. 21 days. I feel like is like a manageable thing. You know, like if someone, you know, you need to make lifestyle changes. That's what it's all about. You got to make lifestyle changes for your whole life. But if you got to start somewhere, you know, some people, if it's going to be like six months or, you know, like (laughs) something crazy, it's like, Oh my God, that sounds daunting. 21 days like you can look at a calendar and be like three weeks boom yeah like you said frankenmuth you know you've got yeah. your christmas party 21 days and here's do it. Here, here's what i'm hoping man let's see let's say i get to that that frankenmuth day I, I i'm hoping that i have the willpower to just say you know what i'm just gonna you know eat some eat a little bit of chicken not really any fats and just now you're you're piling because here's on, the, the buttered butter noodles healthy before and what, what will trigger yourself into a downward spiral, Ted saw this as soon as he the weight challenge ended and he started eating all this crazy food. It's hard to get back on the train, man. So once you're on the train and it's going good, it's 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 a little tempting not to jump off of it. Yeah, You, you are right about that. But the Frankenmuth Day, man, not only the feast up there, but then we have our party afterwards and Main Street Pizza. Yeah, it's called I know. That's, that's what really would be the, tough, the toughest part to turn down, yeah. to well, be honest. Then, then you just got to tell yourself, one piece of fried chicken because you know you're going to eat two or three pieces of Main Street pizza. Balance it out. Just balance it out. Yeah. Here's how I balance it out. Today's my cheat day. I'm, I'm doing whatever. <laughs> that's the way to do it. <laughs> it doesn't really work, but that's how I do it. <laughs> uh, I also want to thank our other local partners. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Crow Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grow. By the way, guys, Good news. Uh, we we mentioned Jamie and his wife, the former owners of Rivals. Well, I had a chance to talk with the new owner, owner Ashley Connolly, today, and they've re-upped their contract with us for uh, staying with Three Point Podcast. Excited about it. They got a lot of good things going on there, too. I got to throw this out there. Coming up uh, December 16th, Miranda and the M80s. That's a great band, very popular. She told me they're pretty well sold out already. You know, Rivals packed the house the Saturday yeah. after Thanksgiving. Or uh, what did I say? Shy Town, I should say, yep. not Rivals. And uh, they got Miranda in the M80s coming up. And right now they got a gift card sale, 20% extra off. So if you spend, uh, you know, 20 bucks, you're going to get extra in that card. So nice. it's a good yeah. deal. Check I'm, them out. I'm, I'm also want to see what they, uh, you know, it's always awesome when you get a new business. And so I'm just excited to see what these new owners, you know, Rivals had a great thing going, you know, whether they kind of stick with it or if they make some some tweaks or if they make some overhaul changes, you know, we're all on board to see kind of where that takes us. Yeah, and we're, we're definitely on board to help them promote whatever they have going on with us. Also, uh, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, one of our great sponsors. But we got a fun pod in store for you. we got a, a fun guest I'm really looking forward to, Michigan Student Radio Football play-by-play guy, Zach Linfield. I'm talking Michigan football. I mean, he does a great job, and we're going to be checking in with him. We'll also have our prep spotlight, and uh, we'll also have an edition of Tedertainment tonight. But, of course, we're going to get into a little football talk, aren't we? Oh, yeah. I, I tell you what, uh, Colin Cowherd has this segment every week. It's where Colin was right. Ted, I'll, I'll tell you what, man, where Ted was right. This <laughs> Lions young core has me excited. They <laughs> are playing, like Dan Campbell said in his postgame speech, they have been playing their best football 
at the right time. And that's right now, these last five weeks, they've looked damn good, lost a tough one to the Bills. But other than that, they have been playing inspired. They've been having fun. It's been fun watching them. Jared Goff is is looking like maybe the quarterback of the future, believe it mm-hmm. or not. I, I'm just loving everything I'm seeing. And for the first time in a long time, the Lions are fun to watch. Yeah, I, I'm still sticking by what I've always said about Jared Goff. He's he's serviceable. He's he's playing really well right now, but that's what I mean. Like, is he putting up Patrick Mahomes numbers? No, not necessarily. Is he playing like Josh Allen? Not necessarily, but he's doing exactly what you need him to do for this team to win. And actually lately, like a little more because he is playing, he's playing really well. So that's what I mean. Like if he plays like this, then yeah, you can roll with him for the next year or two. You don't have to spend next year's draft on getting Bryce Young or, you know, whoever you want to try and draft. If, if Jared Goff is going to play like this, I mean, look at some of these teams around the league that can't seem to find a quarterback and you've got golf playing like this. You're good at quarterback. Quarterback is, you know, fine. And like Ted has said, and like you just said, Jared, some of these young pieces on defense and even on offense, there's, there's something there to build around. And I mean, if we're being honest, they have a legit shot at making the playoffs this year. As crazy as that sounds, probably partly because the NFC is kind of a, yeah trash heap right now but yeah they're they're playing well they're playing well they are they're playing hard for campbell um you know the the playoffs maybe not completely out of the question they've got a lot of hurdles to get past though but they are playing well it's december and they're playing meaningful games i mean just think fellas if they just would have switched two of those five one score games you know where what we'd be talking about right now i know playing the if game is not always work but but back to golf for a second does anybody believe though that maybe he is the future quarterback? I mean, he did he did take the Rams to the Super Bowl. You put enough pieces around him, he got him to the Super Bowl and won playoff games. What is there to say now that he's seasoned, now that he's under this system? They love him down there in the locker room. Maybe we're maybe we're way off base. Um, you know, we've been talking all year long about drafting a quarterback. Maybe they just need to shore up some other spots and let him run the team. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to, like I said, if he's going to play like this, then sure. But, you know, we've we've obviously seen other games where it's like, all right, this this is why the Rams traded him away because he's just, he's been inconsistent. But that's what I mean. I, I'm perfectly fine. If he's going to play like this, do not spend next year's draft, you know, the first two or three rounds right. on a quarterback. If in the fifth or sixth round you want to try and grab a guy, sure. But they've got, they've still got so many other holes that they need to spend, especially if they're going to have that Rams pick, that might be a top five pick. And then, you know, they'll have like the 12th or, you know, 13th pick with, with their own two first round picks next year, not on a quarterback, another corner, maybe a linebacker, defensive lineman to go next to Hutchinson, you know, something, something like that. You could really turn this team into something. Jamison Williams is coming back. Um, You know, St. Brown looks legit. DeAndre Swift, obviously he's looking good. So They've got something going, and I, I don't think any of us. I, I don't. I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, and none of us were out on Dan Campbell. We were getting close, yeah. but all of all of us were saying, "You've got to give him another year." You know, we didn't want to just fire coach and restart all over again, like the Lions have been doing for a hundred years. So now that Campbell's actually starting to show something, it's like, all right, this this is what it is. Like you know, we we've seen the Lions teams bail on their coaches after a year or two. How many times? Right. This team, like you said, Jared, they're having fun, and it, it sure looks like they like playing for Dan Campbell. 
you and, and I don't even think we have to to go way down the road, you know, with Jared Goff. Uh, is he the franchise guy? Is he not? I think we got the whole rest of the year to kind of let him prove it on the field. So far to this point, he's looked damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite thing about the whole thing, what a swindling uh, trade it was to get this guy. Yeah. What a swindle. I mean, you look at that. I mean, the Rams, the Rams did get a Super Bowl. The Rams did get a Super yeah, Bowl. Right. <laughs> I, you know, it, it was it was beneficial for both yeah. parties. But for yeah. us, I mean, look, if you just if you had if you sight unseen, just look at that trade on paper, man. I mean, wow. Yeah. Brad Holmes was in his bag on that one. I mean, we all remember Stafford, you know, how he's basically always injured. Uh, it was kind of almost crazy that he's even lasted this long. I, I don't know how much Stafford has left in the tank. I mean, he's out the rest of this year. Uh, it seemed like he was, you know, basically playing injured last year. I mean, we got these draft picks. This Rams draft pick is like number three right now. I mean, what a great time it is to be a lion. I love that we're winning, but yeah, we still have that draft pick waiting for us. I'd be feeling a lot different about this if, if our winning was just kept pushing us up the board and we didn't have you know, a draft pick to potentially draft another quarterback or just go get another big time playmaker on defense or even offense as well. Uh, but the fact that that's just sitting there, uh, it's kind of the best of both worlds. We're winning and it's almost as if we're tanking. So the, my number one thing is we want the Lions to keep winning. Uh, but just as much as you should be rooting for the Lions to win, you should be watching those Rams games every week and rooting for them to lose. Yep. I agree with that. Well, with Stafford out and Cup out, uh, chances are they will keep losing. <laughs> even know? Aaron Donald is even hurt. So oh, I mean, there you go. Perfect. They're just mailing it I'm in. More... But Ted, I mean, I mean, you were pretty close to being out last year and this year on Dan Campbell. Close. Yep. Is there is there still like, you know, because he's still making some questionable in game decisions. Are, are we still saying like this guy's got a lot of room to grow as a coach, or is it like? He's got this locker room so united, the the shortcomings that he has as a head coach, worry about that later. Or are you still like, you know, they, they need to get a veteran coach on his no. staff? Yeah, you know, that's it. I mentioned that last week. I mean, they yeah. need somebody in his ear helping him with the in-game decisions. That's not a really a big, big knock at him because right. the guy obviously knows what goes on between the lines as, as far as in the trenches and motivating your team and how to play the game. But it's those late game, late half decisions you got to have a good assistant coach that's seasoned that can be there to help you out. I mean, I think any successful head coach has, what do they call him? The assistant head coach, right? Right. Associate, yeah. Or associate, whatever you want to call him. I mean, people give a lot of crap to Dan Campbell. Yes, he's had probably more mistakes in that category than a lot of coaches, but dude, it's a a lot harder than people think managing that end of the game situation. A lot of NFL coaches struggle with it. The best of the best that what they do. Still struggle with that. I feel like you know, I'm listening to you know Bill Bill Simmons podcast. I feel like that's something they laugh about every week. There's a new coach that has a you know end the game timeout blunder doesn't manage the clock. So what I love about Dan Campbell is we love rooting for him. He's the players love playing for him. I tell you what, if I was in that locker room five weeks ago, I would have quit already, man. They didn't quit on this guy, mm-hmm. and he somehow kept them kept them battling. They lost some very tough ones. They lost some embarrassing losses, uh, but it doesn't matter. They're still just they still show up every Sunday. They come ready to work, and I can live with the results. Like I wasn't upset after the Buffalo Bills, you know, game at the end because they battled, they played hard, and at the end of the day, that's all, that's all I asked for out of yeah. the Lions. Well, and the thing is, no matter how the rest of the season goes, we've seen that step forward. You know, yeah. they've moved forward. They didn't stay at the three win plateau or two wins. They came forward, they've kept us interested, and they believe they're believing in themselves. And that's that's really half the battle right there. Especially for the Lions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I absolutely. mean, they, think about how many Lions teams we even with Stafford for 10 years or however long he was there, teams just look checked out. They don't care. They, yeah, this team exactly. is playing hard, man. This team's playing hard. 
They are. Yeah, you sure. know, even on those some of those like Stafford teams that were winning, I never felt like they were giving it their all. Sometimes it was just because of Stafford. Stafford was like the only thing keeping them in it. Right. <laughs> everyone right. else was. It, it was almost like everyone else on the team was like, "Yo, Stafford, give up, man. Like you're you're playing so right. hard. We're not. Like just give up." But and I, I think Jared, I hadn't really thought about it that way. The, the way that you laid it out with the Rams pick. Because, right, we've said before, if they keep winning these games and it's all for not, then they're just kind of losing draft position. But they've, they've got that Rams pick sitting there that's probably going to end up being top five. So go ahead and keep winning these games because you've got that Rams pick to fall back on, Heck you know, yeah. to, be, to yeah. be your top five pick, to get Will Anderson, you know, some other, you know, top defender or something. I mean, now, would I be upset if at this point they just went and lost, like, in the next four games? I'd be like, that was all for nothing. Yeah, but as yeah. long as they keep, you know, if they get to 500, what a great year it was, man. Uh, no given kid. the way it started and just, like, how it, we really had the air just taken right out of our balloon after hard knocks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the way that they've kind of battled back and given us actually something to watch, I, I didn't see it coming. That's for damn yeah. sure. My favorite thing about this Lions team, Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, yes. God. He's we can't talk about, dude, every time you check his stat line, he's got like 10 catches, 130 yards, a touchdown. I mean, in my lifetime, the stud receivers I've always loved that, that the Lions had, Golden Tate, he had three years where he was maybe my favorite player on the entire team. I mean, obviously, Megatron. Uh, and I think Amon Ross right up there with those three in terms of maybe not, you know, the legendary Ted's probably got some Lem Barney player that he's thinking about. But <laughs> but in terms of guys that I just love watching on deal. Sundays, he's right up there with them. Yep. No, I couldn't agree with you more, man. He's he's a he's a real deal. They got to steal with him. Uh, you know, uh, Rodrigo's still playing good on the defense. Hutchinson's still learning. He got a half sack, and you know, this team there's there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, are we drinking the Kool Aid for a Super Bowl? Not yet, not yet. But you know, we're feeling a lot better about things, and this team's given us a reason to watch them every week. Now, let's let's say guys, they win the next two. Ooh, then we got something to talk about. Then they're legitimately in the wild card chase. You know, right now they got a few things to climb past, but uh, if they win their next two games and sit at 500, seven and seven, heading into what the last three games of the season could be very interesting. And they're the last three games of the season are the Panthers down here in North You're Carolina, right. and then the Bears and the Packers. Three, Green Bay. three very winnable games. Yeah, the one is at Green Bay. So that's always, that's always tough, but. I love finishing the year against Green Bay. I, awesome. I know that's not that's yeah. not something that you see every year, but I just uh, go play in the Packers, man. It's a blast. It, yeah, it is. I, I, this is a bit of a you know kind of a segue, and maybe we just touch on it for just a second. But Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, the Packers finally seem to be kind of getting things back together. And I just have been thinking about this lately. He's kind of winding down his career. How lucky have we been to be able to watch him as much as we have? Yeah, it sucks that he's beat the Lions a lot, but I mean, what a, what a character. Uh, wears his heart on his sleeve, you know, speaks his mind, uh, and he's just fun as hell to watch on Sunday. So I just felt the need to to say that I feel lucky as a Lions fan that even if the Lions weren't playing, guess who was the team that was going to be on our TV? It was the Packers. Mm. Yep, it's it's crazy to think too along those lines. Lion, anyone who has played the Packers, I was going to say Lions fans, anyone, the Bears, the Vikings, whoever, you had to go from watching Brett Favre for however many years, and then just a nice easy transition into Aaron Rodgers. I know. It'll be it'll be nice when the Packers finally have a Jordan Love or somebody <laughs> else at quarterback because it's like basically for 20, almost 30 years, Yeah, they've had Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers, almost like not fair. But it, It's kind of like the Minnesota Vikings back in my heyday in the 60s. The Lions could never beat the Vikings, you know? Right. And ironically enough, they're next on the schedule. Well, you know, let's go right from pro football, though, to the Big Ten championship football game. A uh, little side note, my brother George 
he lives in Goshen, Indiana. He was down in Indy that Saturday or that day. Yeah, Saturday. His two twin boys were playing in a basketball game, uh, you know, youth league. And they stuck around. They got into the stadium and they, they say, watched yeah, the game. They go to the game? Nice. Yeah, they went to the game. What That's a game, awesome. huh? You know, I you know we talked we kind of talked about it like whatever that was a month or two ago. How one of them was a Notre Dame fan and the ones a right. Michigan fan. Think if that was like my childhood growing up. Oh, I would have been so if I was my my brother was a Notre Dame fan. I'm a Michigan fan. I would have been so jealous of him. But just think of this run Michigan's on, man, and how Notre Dame you know just lost Brian Kelly had kind of a weird year this year. I just think of how much he must regret making that choice to become a Notre <laughs> Dame fan because my God, it's a great time to be a Michigan Wolverine. Uh, Speaking of the Big Ten Championship, I, I love the atmosphere. It's a fun yeah. game to watch every year. It is. Even it's not it's not the best game, you know. X's and O's. You know, obviously the Big Ten East, I think, has won every single one of these matchups since the Big Ten went from leaders and legends to the East and West. So we all know how stupid the divisions are. But once it's on the field and Michigan's just whooping them, uh, and the Lucas Oil atmosphere and Gus Johnson and Joel Clad on the call, I I love everything about it. I stay up for the whole game, the whole post game. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I do too. I mean, even the the worst part about it is how long the game takes. I think it ended up being almost over a four hour game. Ted, you were Ted, you were catching up on DVR, and you were probably up till two a.m. No, you, were, you you were fast forwarding commercials, so it probably wasn't that bad. No, let me let me lay it out for you. Yeah. I got home a little bit before ten o'clock. I I did fast forward through the commercials only and halftime. Yeah. I was back live right at the end of the game. Live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you texted us and uh, hilarious. I maybe wasn't in the state to do a video, but uh, you you said you were about live, and I, I was impressed. But yeah, no, it, it's a big game. I mean, it that's why that's why it's at prime time. Obviously, C, CBS at least for now. It, SEC won't be on CBS, but right, they they like that three thirty slot, four o'clock slot, and then you put that Big Ten championship at prime time because, like you said, you got Gus, you got Joel, it's on Fox, you know, Lucas Oil. I mean, it, it is a big atmosphere, and it's always Michigan or Ohio State, or you know, it's always a big game, playoff implications, all that kind of stuff. And I, I told people all week. So many people. Not, I'm not trying to act like I'm some savant or something, but so many people at work were like, "You guys are going to smash Purdue by 30. Oh, you got this by 30, 40." And I was like, "I got to be honest, man. Last year against Iowa, I wasn't worried. I, I figured right. we were going to blow Iowa out. Purdue is just annoying. They, they Jeff Brown is a really good coach." They always have a bunch. I mean, this team had like what their quarterback, receiver, I think even running back, a bunch of walk-ons. So you know that they're going to play hard. They're not going to give up. Like I said, Brahm is a good coach. His offense is really wacky, you know, different formations and all that kind of stuff. So I, I was like, this is going to be a battle. I mean, maybe in the end, Michigan does pull away, but Purdue is going to put up a fight and they did. And I think it's the type of game that Michigan needed. Now they've got three weeks to, you know, get healthy. Donovan Edwards, hopefully that hand heals up, even though he's been doing perfectly fine with a broken hand. Um, you know, hopefully he's good and, you know, everyone else heals up and they can watch tape and be like, basically, all right, this is the stuff that we had to work on and we'll be ready to go for TCU. I don't know about you guys. You're talking about drinking the the Honolulu blue Kool-Aid. I am chugging the maize and blue Kool-Aid. I am. <laughs> we, we've been in on this team for a while. Oh, yeah. I, I, there, there's no reason they can't win the national championship. There's no reason this year they can't win the national championship. I'm not saying they're going to, because you never know what's going to happen, but Georgia is not as unbeatable as they were last year. They're still very, very good. This Georgia team is beatable. And I've, I'm going to say the same thing that I've said for the last eight weeks. If Michigan plays their game, they can beat anyone. 
if they run the ball like they've been doing, if they let JJ do the thing that he's he's got to do, run a little bit and hit some of those balls, defense is the ultimate bend, don't break. They're going to give up some yards. They're going to give up some first downs. That that quarterback for Purdue was just boop, 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 boop. Ended up throwing two two interceptions and no touchdowns. So, you know, they're, they're the ultimate bend, don't break defense. If Michigan plays their game, they can beat anyone. And it, whether it's going to happen or not, we'll see. But uh, I'm all in on them having a chance. I feel a lot, a lot better about it. Not, and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, Georgia was so much better last year. I don't even know if it has as much to do with that. Is it just yeah. uh, the fact that Michigan went there, experienced it, saw the speed, felt like what it was like to get kind of boat race like that. And I just think they'll be a lot more prepared and a lot more accustomed to what's awaiting for them. They had, yeah. they were walking, they were as pigs in the slaughter last year. Yeah. At least they kind of are like maybe smarter pigs that have a human brain on. They know they're walking <laughs> in the slaughter. So they'll just be a little bit more prepared. I would hope. Um, I can't wait for that game against TCU. I loved, I loved that TCU was just enthralled. They were so happy that they didn't get, they didn't get Georgia. Uh, I'll be honest. I wanted Ohio state, man. Ted, I know you've said, Oh, we wanted nothing to do with them. I wanted to, we own them. We own them now. Uh, And I really just wanted to kind of really hammer that home because I know we have the better team this year. Uh, And I know TCU is good, but I know for sure we're better than Ohio state. So I I just would have loved to have seen that Ohio state matchup. Uh, there's no way they're going to beat Georgia. They shouldn't even be in the college football playoff. I mean, it's kind of a, a bummer. I feel like this is the first year. Seems like a lot of, like, even Michigan's not even fully healthy. We had the, the Mozzie Smith situation, Quorum right. out. Uh, the other two teams, TCU, Ohio State, lost their last game. Everyone's kind of limping into this playoff. Uh, and it's just Michigan. kind of weird to think about. Uh, yeah. But but I can't wait for it. I mean, it, we'll see. I mean, 4 o'clock, it's nice to see that. I mean, we're a bigger favorite over TCU than Georgia is over Ohio State. Uh, yeah, so what worries me a little bit, I I wouldn't get too overconfident in this TCU. Don't you know? We we got to get past them first, and they're a very capable team. I mean, Max Duggan, I love that kid, man. He can play football for me anyway, any day. I mean, I tweeted it. You know, he wouldn't look bad in a lion uniform if you're going to go to a quarterback. But if you got to take him in the first round, yeah. nah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, I'd still stick with golf, but. To your point on Ohio State, Jared, it's not so much I didn't want to see them play Ohio State. I just didn't want to see them play them in the first round of the playoffs. A right. national championship, all the marbles on the line, Ohio State, Michigan, that's that's a dream. That's a dream come true for it's me, man. That's what I want to see happen. It's like back to the Bo Woody days when it's, you know, two top teams in the country, basically. I don't I don't know yeah. if I don't know if our the I mean I don't live there anymore, but if our little bubble of Michigan and Ohio, I don't know if that region would be able to handle oh. a national championship of Michigan versus Ohio State. Oh that really God. would be incredible. Uh, this is probably the closest. Well, if it's it's not even really close this year, I don't think. Uh, I think it's just so unlikely that both Michigan, 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 and Ohio State will win. Uh, but this is the closest we'll ever be to this potentially happening. Especially once we go to a twelve-team playoff, I don't think we'll ever see it again. Yeah. Um, real quick, I just before we maybe move on to more college ball playoff talk, I just wanted to shout out this one guy. I mean, Will Johnson, true freshman, Gross mm. Point South, number one player in Michigan last Picks. year. Uh, you know, as my as my buddy said, and as I said last week, I mean, five stars got a five star, two picks. Uh, true freshman, just inc- incredibly impressive. Mentor Harbaugh's done a great job just building this program. Seems like we just rebuild every year. The last few years. Uh, I'm just, I, it's just cool to see that uh, two big time Michigan high school football players, Donovan Edwards and Will Johnson winning the big 10 title for Michigan. I mean, it, that's, that's gotta be what their dreams were growing up as kids. Cool to see them imagine. kind of realize it. I, I, yeah. I can't imagine that man to, to, to be coming up that big, you know, in the big 10 championships, like, like you said, growing up in Michigan. And then how about a tight end from Idaho? 
Yeah. <laughs> Loveland looking like he's going to be the next, you know, maybe like Travis Kelsey type of tight end. Don't, don't want to make those comparisons, but you know, he looks like he has that potential yeah. anyway, you know, this team, I mean, they've got like, like you said, last year, last year's team was super exciting, you know, nothing, not taking anything, anything away from Cade McNamara. Cause he, he was a great quarterback for Michigan, but it seems like this team has a little bit more of an edge with more JJ, juice. you know, yeah. a little more juice, like you said, um, you know, cause he can just do a little more. He, he, that, that one interception he had in the big, you know, he, I think he was feeling himself a little bit, you know, he, I think he was a little overconfident. Maybe that that's an easy fix, you know, watch the tape and be like, what are you doing, man? Just either run it or throw it away. Right. You know, right. um, this team has, has an edge. I, it, it really sucks that Blake Corum got hurt because if you would have had the one, two of Corum at Edwards, I almost would say like, it's a lock and just give yeah. us the natty right now. But you know, Losing Corm is a big loss. Also, because when you see the Heisman finalists, I think Corm would have been a lock. If Corm mm-hmm. would have been healthy and played in the Ohio State game and then the Big Ten title game, I think he would have been a lock to win the Heisman because this this Heisman finalist, it's it's D- um, Duggan, Stroud, Stetson Bennett, and uh, Caleb Williams, all really good quarterbacks, but they've all obviously had like bad games and losses and stuff like that. So it just, it just feels like if Blake Corum would have stayed healthy, he would have been a lot. Have shot it, yeah. He didn't have uh, a bad I'm, game. Did he, he didn't have a bad game at all when he was playing. No, no, nope. he, he had, he had a few games where he didn't play like in the third and fourth quarter. Cause it was a blowout, right, but right. otherwise, I mean, no, he, he was over a hundred yards, multiple touchdowns every game. So would have hey, been his, we, you, you brought up uh Cade. What do you, what do you think about the transfer to Iowa? Did that surprise you? Does that fit right in with the with the it, Hawkeyes plan? He looks good in the Iowa jersey. I, I will yeah. say he posted out the graphic, uh, the Photoshop. He looks good in it. Uh, yeah. I think it's a great get for Iowa. I think yeah. he'll be the best quarterback they've had in some time. Uh, we we know what what type of player he was. I mean, you know, he obviously was limited in some places. I mean, he still was a Big Ten championship quarterback, yeah. good leader. Um, you know, didn't really cause too much of an uprising this year with the whole quarterback situation. Once JJ was given the job, kind of just you know, Stay let him take it over uh, and do his best in the sidelines as much as he could. Obviously, he was dealing with an injury, uh, but it'll be fun to watch. Uh, it won't be fun if somehow they beat us, uh, but, yeah, but right. I can't wait for the potential matchup. I mean, imagine the the Gus Johnson, Joel Clad open, uh, <laughs> you know, if I was, you know, 6-0 and and Michigan 6-0 and or something rolling into a game next year. I mean, I can't wait. It'll be fun. To, it'll be fun to play them. Fun storyline. Well, yeah. well, speaking of Gus no Johnson, because I've looked ahead at next year's schedule, Iowa's not on the schedule for Michigan, nope. so it would it would be in the Big Ten championship, right? So, which that, is, I mean, knowing the that that West division, man, I mean, they probably will make it. It's yeah. it's such a joke. I will say, give give Jeff Brom and, and McConnell. I felt like they battled their asses off. I was impressed with Jeff Brom. I feel like he's a damn good coach. I mean, that fake flea flicker that was I've awesome. Never, that's something I've never seen Me with neither. my own eyes. I can't believe it worked. Uh, but it did. So I'll give him credit for it, man. I, I mean, they were tough. I, that game was not as big of a blowout as it looked like. Yeah. Right. It was a close game. It, you know, like Michigan just kind of pulled away in the end. And that's really all it was. Otherwise, they, they put up a fight. It was a good game. You know, it was funny that uh, Gus Johnson, you talked about him putting up the comparison to the other white receivers in the NFL with Charlie Jones. When yeah. I saw Charlie Jones play, Matt, uh, this is kind of a flashback. It kind of reminded me a little bit of you in high school, the way he played. That's right. Yep. You know, just a lot of crossing routes, a yep. lot of, you know, hitches, a lot of comebacks, you know, yep. just reliable hands. He had like, he had like 11 catches for like a hundred yards. So while, while he's catching like a lot of balls, 
it's only like eight, nine, ten yards every catch. You know, so you, it's still great. He's still moving the chains. Were you guys getting a little irritated though that they weren't covering him? I mean, he was, was open every time he he went across the field. It was kind of like, man, you got to put Will put Will Johnson on him or something. Yeah. Defense is not rocket science. We saw it against Ohio State. Just don't give up the big play. Right. Most of the times, these quarterbacks are going to make mistakes. We've seen it all year in the red zone. We've saw, we've seen it in the NFL with the Lions in their red zone. They'll make some plays, interceptions, yep. and such. Just make them earn it. Uh, yeah. Don't give away easy ones like Ohio State did to us. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was impressed when they switched up and just went to man, man to man. I think that made a difference, you know, instead yeah. of the soft zone. So, well, yep. we'll see what happens. We're get, we got uh, plenty of prelude to talk Michigan Wolverine football for the playoffs. Uh, going to be a sweet New Year's Eve, isn't it? Can't wait. I am. I'm glad it's the four o'clock. Yeah. You know, I, I was in the hospital last year against Georgia. You know, because we had just had had the little right. guy. Just had him. So I was kind of glad that game was a blowout because I, I wasn't going to be able to stay like tuned in all the way to the end, you know, being in the hospital. Four o'clock, you can lock in. If you got New Year's plans, Jared, I'm sure you're you're taking the lady out to some nice dinner, no, I, you know, I'll stuff be, like that. I, I, I'll I be honest, I don't like New Year's Eve. It's, it's oh, one of my, yeah, yeah, one yeah, of my least that. favorite holidays, man. So I love that it's on New Year's Eve because now I have an excuse not to do anything. Well, I think the New Red Wings Year's. always play on New Year's Eve too. Yeah, they? they do. I got... God, I hope I, I'm not working it. I, I don't know that as of now, but yeah, they always do, man. And I was working it last year. Uh, so let's just hope I have it off this year. But but no, I, I tell you what, I love it. You know, I've always never really do anything on New Year's Eve, and I always feel like, you know, like FOMO, like I'm missing out on something. But now that yeah. I have the Michigan game to watch and then uh, the Georgia game right after it versus Ohio State, now my whole New Year's Eve is set, man. I can't wait. Get some pizza and enjoy it. There yep. you go. Well, we're going to talk with uh, Zach Linfield here in just a moment. Before we do, fellas, though, I want to have our little Capital Sports Fieldhouse prep spotlight. Uh, yeah. Not a lot to get into yet at this point as the boys' basketball season is just starting, but I do want to send a shout-out to Owasso's Kendall M. KI had led the Trojans to the best record for Owasso in volleyball in 20 years. Six-footer, four-year starter, has the record now for kills for OHS, over a thousand blocks, almost 230, and put up a, a thousand career assists. So, congratulations to Kendall M. Also, the girls' uh, basketball season has started. Owasso down Chesanine, 47 38. Peyton Spicer scored all 12 of hers in the second half to lead the Trojans. Durand, a 66 25 pounding of Burton Bendel. 10 players scored for the Railroaders, led by Jordan Lawrence, who put up 14. And Chesanine down to the Corona Cavaliers by two. 30 to 28, the Cavs. Sydney Gillette had 17 with seven steals in a losing cause. Kind of interesting, fellas. Next fall, she'll be in Ann Arbor, you know, attending the University of Michigan, and she's going to be a part of the UM women's rowing team. I wonder if she ever rowed a day in her life, but she's a heck of an athlete. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, down the Shiawassee River. Yeah. Got some. <laughs> <laughs> actually it's funny and that's awesome i'm not trying to sidetrack the story that is really cool that that's an awesome opportunity for her i've canoed down the shiawassee river i don't know if that's even if they that recommend counts. that at all that, that counts it's getting yeah. shallower now though that they uh, knocked out the dam in corona you know <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure though when i canoed there was like some some ordinance out you're not supposed to touch the water so <laughs> yeah E. coli. Look like at ordinance is always kind of in effect, man. I mean, the Shiawassee <laughs> River is not the cleanest thing you've ever seen. That's for sure. I've never put a single finger in that thing. <laughs> Probably smart. I was a kid. We used to swim in the damn thing. 
That was back in the day. That's right? what all the pollution was happening, probably. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. Probably probably be my demise one of these days. Who knows? Yeah. What do you guys think, man? Uh, high school basketball getting started already. You know, we got uh, Friday night, uh, December 9th. We got Corona and Owasso starting off here, the Castle Game of the Week. It, Corona should be pretty good this year. From what I see, the Bauer boys are back and some of the other players on the team. I love that that's the you know one of the first games played. I, that's my favorite part of the whole thing. I'm, we love yeah. we loved the days when it was always Owasso and Corona, very first game of football. I mean, it should be the same exact way for basketball. And not not the first Tuesday game, very first Friday game. That's what I love. Yeah, yeah. that's very nice. Yeah, very proud. I will see. I, I've done a little prep on it so far. You know, Owasso has not had the best records in the last four years. I think they've won two games in four years but i looked back at the overall records pretty even i think Krona has a 36 to 30 advantage in 66 games i don't know how you guys did in your matchups when you were in school but that's a, that's a pretty good rivalry on the basketball courts we didn't lose to them come on okay. we, we never I, lost to Owasso. the only time i ever lost to Owasso and <laughs> anything in my entire effing life was my junior year in basketball but i don't count it i didn't that's the only basketball game in my entire life i didn't play so I, I almost don't even count it on my resume. If I was on that floor for two seconds, we're we're not losing to them. Was yeah. that a coach's decision? Was it? I mean, I wasn't hurt or anything. Oh okay. yeah, that's what coach's decision. Coach's decision. Probably some discipline. Well, that's, that's, get... that's what I always I always say. I'd never have lost them at anything, and that's in my back of my head. I always know I technically lost that game, but I didn't touch the floor. So, <laughs> all right, that's our prep spotlight presented by Capital Sports Fieldhouse. We're gonna check check in with Zach Linfield, Michigan football play by play guy, right after this. Capital Sports Fieldhouse is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state-of-the-art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capital Bowl J.C. Penny Block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. Looking to buy items online? Go to crauctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. Jake Moody on Senior Day. The senior from nearby Northville, Michigan. This is a 34-yard try from between the hashes. Greg Tarr will snap. Brad Robbins will hold. There's a snap. Moody puts it up. It's up, and it is good. Michigan takes the lead with nine seconds to go. JJ hands off. Donovan Edwards, 25-yard line. Cuts up field at the 20, 15, 10. Still on his feet, five-yard line. Towards the goal line. Is he in? Yes, sir, he is. Touchdown, Michigan. Donovan Edwards, a magical run to put the Wolverines up by two scores. Second down and goal from the three is where they marked it right hash. JJ, a handoff. Khalil puts his head down, drives, end zone. Touchdown, Michigan. And in back-to-back -back years, the Wolverines have put up 42 points at Lucas Oil Stadium in the Big Ten title game. 
right, guys. Next up on the podcast, let's bring in a, a guest that we're all excited to talk to. Came across this stuff on Twitter. He's definitely a follow. You should check out at Zach Linfield. His name is Zach Linfield. He's a student play-by-play guy for the University of Michigan. But I started seeing his clips being shared on Twitter. And we all love, you know, the the sock calls, Gus Johnson and Chris Fowler and all the, the legends. And I got to say, man, you're, you're right up there with some of them, with the Jake Moody and some of the other calls that I've seen shared on Twitter. So first of all, Zach, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And second of all, right off the rip, what is one of your favorite calls, either from this season or from the previous seasons that you've been calling play-by-play for the University of Michigan? Is it the Jake Moody? Is it something from the Big Ten title game? Um, That's a difficult one. No, I would say last year, um, A.J. Henning's first touchdown in the Ohio State game was probably my favorite one. And everyone's like, oh, your calls were great from the Ohio State game in 21. But I was too much of a fan in that game, and I went back and I listened to it, and I hated it. I hated my call from yeah. the Ohio State game last year because I was too much of a fan. And, of course, I'm emotionally invested. I grew up a Michigan fan. But yeah. I didn't really like the call. But the first touchdown was my favorite call I've ever had of AJ's touchdown because that was the first touchdown I've ever called against Ohio State. So that was yeah. fun. You got to call a few more this year. Do you do away games too? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. So you got to call a few more against Ohio State this year. Too. <laughs> yeah, I've called quite a few now. It's, I've been lucky. Yeah. We were, just, we, we were talking real quick before we started recording that um, heck of an era for you to be doing this. I mean, like we said, you, uh, any any era would be great to be doing Michigan football, but back-to-back Big Ten champs, I mean, pretty cool to be calling play-by-play yeah. for these this run right here. Yeah, I've been spoiled because I haven't just been the broadcaster. I'm a manager on the team. So getting to know those guys and getting to know the coaches and hanging out with them even sometimes outside of the facility has been a blessing for me and to go into the broadcast booth and be really the first one, I believe in the station to call all 12 now 13 and 14 games has been super, super special for me as someone that's grew up listening and going to games. So I've been really, really excited about the opportunity and it's just kind of, you know, came to the point where we're going to the playoff for a second straight year. So I, I can't complain. It's crazy. I mean, I'm looking at your Twitter. You know, you're going to the Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship game. You're going to Columbus for Ohio State. I mean, what a great job to have while you're in college. I remember I was working at GVSU for the student newspaper. Hated every second of it. So you got a lot, <laughs> a little bit better of a setup than I did. Uh, what's your favorite part of the job? Is it the uh, the catered meals, you know, uh, uh, at the big house on game day? Or what is it? Um, I mean, the call. I'm always going to say yeah. it's, it's the call and being there in the moment for games that as a kid, I would beg my dad to try and get tickets to, and now I get to go and I get to sit in the press box. Now I'm a, I'm a cold weather guy. So I like to sit outside and enjoy the games from the stands and to be a fan once in a while, but that's what the lions are for, for me at this point. (laughs) So uh, go to all those games and I just enjoy the broadcast the most. And even the prep work before it, I think is just everything that goes into the broadcast together is exactly what makes it so special for me. You know, I've been doing high school play-by-play for a long time, since 1985 to be exact. And I was really looking at, looking forward to this interview. You know, I like to see the young blood coming up, you know, Jared and Matt. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned it a little bit, uh, the prep. You know, and I found that you can never do too much prep. Tell me a little bit about how you get prepared for a, a Michigan football game. What, what goes into it? Yeah, well, I think – I kind of have a competitive advantage over others because I am a manager for the team. And 
it's hard for me to tiptoe the line between what I can and can't share from the team. And most of the time it's can't share because I really value my job inside Shen Beckler Hall. But I, I have the advantage because even when the third, fourth, even fifth string walk-on guys come in, I know who they are. So yeah. a lot of these guys are digging deep into the depth charts to see exactly who these guys are as walk-ons and where they're from. And that's just like knowledge ingrained in my head because I have everyday conversations with these guys at football practice, but a little more into the prep. I only do Michigan once or twice a year. And I just update my spotting chart as the season goes, but when it goes comes to the other teams, I like to watch film. So I get my depth charts by watching film rather than going to YouTube and watching like Matthew loves ball. He posts the games every Great week. channel, man. Uh, right. And that's where I watch most of my film and uh, shout out to him. I've never met him in person, never talked to him, but very appreciative of his work. Yeah. Hmm. And um, that's where I get my depth charts from. I watch them and I kind of just sit there and mentally call the game. And I have been guilty of watching maybe too much film in class every once in a while because I'm a student here now. But yeah, um, yeah that's where the prep work comes from. And then I just use rankings websites to see where teams are in their passing um, in their rushing run defense, third down conversions. That's pretty much where all my prep comes from. I know sure. it takes a lot. I mean, like like Ted, he mentioned he's been doing it forever, play by play. And I, I love seeing, like, you know, just a little inside baseball. Ted Ted called my high school football games in in our area. We told you we told you we grew up in a small town of Corona in Mid Michigan. Mm-hmm. Ted's a legend. I mean, he's he's not going to say it, but Ted's a legend around there calling high school football games. And it's one of those like, you know, if you play high school football and he can call your game, it's kind of like cool or whatever. <laughs> like I always liked seeing the pictures that he would share of his prep. I mean, he mm-hmm. he would have just pictures of. I mean, the rosters and storylines and statistics and stuff. Spotterboards. Spotterboards. Never called one of my games, Ted. I'm disappointed. <laughs> where Where were you at when, when you grew up? Heartland High School, which is about 30 minutes north of Ann Arbor. I, I played ball varsity for three years and never made the playoffs one time. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so probably never had Ted the Sports Guy call one of your games. But no. Nope. Yeah, I was just going to say it, it's impressive. I can't imagine. So I was trying for a high school game. That's the prep that Ted puts into it. I can't imagine everyone's on different levels, but, you know, for Ohio State, Michigan, for Michigan, Michigan State, I I mean, are you putting hours in? Because you're still a student, too, you know? Like, I mean, how much prep are you actually putting into this? Uh, To be quite frank, like, that's my relaxing time. Like, that's when I go and get, like, it sounds a little bit odd sometimes to some people, like, why are you drinking tea? I go and get get a glass of tea because my voice gets tired pretty easily nowadays. And um, I'm sitting there just reading the game notes. I try to read through pretty thoroughly to try and get some nuggets to use just in case I can. And I would say anywhere between five to eight hours. Yeah. I would say, and that includes watching film. So, I mean, I I just grabbed it out of my binder, but this is kind of a look at what I had from the Purdue game the other day. There's some notes jotted on top of it, and this is just simple stuff. But that's pretty much what I had, and I always make sure to write have fun. there it is have fun you got to always make sure to try and write have fun on there because sometimes this job can get taken a little bit too seriously and i want to do it for a career and i'm a little bit too hard on myself when i go back and critique it but that's still kind of a learning curve so i always make sure to write have fun just in case i start to get a little frustrated that's kind of where that comes from so what's it like at the at the big 10 championship game i mean watching it on tv i'll be honest you know they haven't been the best games the last two years us Mm -hmm. as michigan fans have loved it 
Uh, but it just looks like a, a blast. It looks it's a big time atmosphere. It looks like the crowd's really into it. I mean, what's it like compared to maybe your general, you know, Michigan versus whoever during the regular season? How does it compare? Yeah, I would say if we were at home at the big house, it's uh, still pretty cool because we are spoiled at Michigan Stadium with our own booth. And then we really don't get that anywhere else in the Big Ten. I think the only other school that we really get our own booth is Penn State and Maryland. Otherwise, we're usually outside. Mm, um, wow. We were shoulder to shoulder with the Ohio State broadcasters. And I mean, they were really nice guys and nothing against Ohio State's broadcasters. But like, we were pretty much rubbing shoulders, and I felt kind of bad. I had to turn down and go like this and make a couple touchdown calls because <laughs> like, oh, I talked to these guys for like an hour and a half before the game, and I don't want to just rub it in because I'm yelling touchdown Michigan right next to them. But, um, yeah. yeah, I would say the big house is the best experience for me, but then Indianapolis is like, wow. Like, that is really darn cool because we're kind of in – a similar spot on the field, maybe about 20 yards to the left uh, in the end zone in comparison to the big house. But like, that's a professional NFL booth. Yeah. It's very, very cool. Cause we have all the, uh, the tricks and the knickknacks that you could possibly right. ask for, like the crowd mics and the ref mics that we wouldn't get on the road anywhere else, except yeah. for really at home. So we're really spoiled when we go to Indy and the crowd noise, just like, it's not like the big house where the big house can be kind of quiet at times because it's such in odd shape, but right. the sound in Indy comes straight up to you. And so we really didn't even need like gnats if we really didn't want right. to because the crowd was so loud, um, especially the Michigan crowd this past Saturday. So it was just one heck of an experience before and then the game. And then after it was all into one and I couldn't believe it back to back years. And like you said, Jared, the games haven't been great, but the first halves have been, Yeah, but the just experience of being there is, really second to none at this point, except for maybe the playoff. And like I said, I've been spoiled with that too. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I won't use the term jealous, but I will say even at 66, I am definitely envious of what you get to do, man. I mean, it's (laughs) Michigan football for God's sakes. This is incredible. You know, I got my love for Michigan football. You guys won't even be able to relate to this back when I, you know, in the sixties. Okay. There might be, one or two Michigan games actually on television. You know, we had to rely on radio and we had the greatest of all time, Bob Eufer, you know, pumping through the speakers describing Michigan football. And if that didn't fire you up and make you become a Wolverine, even if you didn't go to school there, it's, it's unbelievable. So uh, kudos to you, young man, this is just great that you're able to do this. Uh, But my question for you is since you're a manager on the team also, you know, all the players, uh, what about Coach Jim Harbaugh? I mean, man, he's got to be something to deal with on a day-to-day basis, huh? In many ways, probably. Yeah, you know, I've spotted the ball for him a couple of times, and that's been the the most butterflies I've ever had in my stomach that you would even be able to imagine. But, you know, I, I don't say this a lot, and especially because I don't want to get in trouble being right. a manager, but, you know, a lot of people kind of consider him a little bit odd and maybe a little weird in the media, but he is one of the nicest guys that you could be around. And he will have genuine conversations with you. It's not like he's just going to blow you off because he's got millions of dollars. He's got the title of head coach at the university of Michigan. He'll, he'll stand there with you. And uh, it's kind of funny. The managers, we play Michigan state. That's like our super bowl um, seven on seven football. We played at the big house this year. um, And we won for the first time since 17. And, uh, That'd be so fun. That'd be so fun, by the way. Yeah, he he came up to us the next week, and he was like, 
so I heard you guys won a little football game this past <laughs> week. And we were like, you know what, coach? Yeah, we did. <laughs> really, we all get pretty nervous talking to him. And then all of a sudden he comes up and he asks us about our seven on seven game. He's like, man, I got to break down some game film then, huh? We're like, coach, you might have to. <laughs> nice. That is cool to see because, right, like you said, I mean, we, we see all the stuff in the media, you know, whatever direction that goes. But, um, you know, I it, hearing from former players and people who know him personally, it, most of the time that's what you hear. Just a super yeah. nice, genuine guy. Actually, a, a funny story. One of my friends, like his – Harbaugh has his personal email just like out there. And mm-hmm. one of my friends, like – for the hell of it, shot him an email, said something like, you know, my son is getting into football and, you know, I'm excited. You got any advice for me? And coach Harbaugh personally replied to him and gave him like two paragraphs of like, so excited your son's getting into football. This is what you should do. And, you know, gave him some tips and stuff like that. And my buddy was just like, he actually like replied to my email. Like, that's just, you know, that's cool. Kind of crazy. Cause he's probably got millions of emails, right? but uh, earlier, you, you brought up uh, that sometimes you drink some tea. I don't know if that's what you got in your solo cup right now, but um, yeah, it's not a great look, especially on a podcast, is it? That's just the cups <laughs> we have in the house. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, you know that you you sometimes you got to rest your voice. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I hope we're not straining your voice right now. You got a big call this weekend, <laughs> no. or actually, no, you, you got like no. Three I've weeks got a off. break for a couple of weeks now. I got lucky. Okay, yeah, so you got a few of weeks off. Uh, I, I sent you a leak. So we, we interviewed Jesse Goldberg Strassler. He does play by play for the lug nuts among a bunch of other things. Yeah, great and one too. of the things that he, he said that really stuck out to me that I hadn't really thought of. Ted has talked about it before when talking about play by play and, you know, learning things, figuring things out, you know, through your career, figuring out that you just got to talk, you know, mm-hmm. and when you're earlier in your career, you might try and like, I want to have this voice or I want to have like a, a Gus Johnson voice or I want to, you know, whatever. And Jesse told us like that was one of the biggest things for him was learning how to talk, teaching himself how to talk. You know, when you're sitting there doing a three and a half hour, four hour game, your voice is going to get tired. Have you, you know, started to learn that kind of stuff? Have you practiced? Do you sit there in your room, look in the mirror and, you know, practice your (laughs) voice in your calls? Or are you just, you just turning the mic on and letting it go? The funny story I always tell when I get asked that question is the way I taught myself to broadcast games besides just listening, because I listened, grew up to uh, Dan Miller, the Lions broadcast. Yeah. That's like my idol. I consider him a mentor, too. We've had some pretty good conversation, but um, grew up listening to him. And I would right now on uh, the Odyssey app, I just screen record. Maybe I'm not allowed to do that, but I just screen record. I go back, I study right. and I listen and I write down what he says in the diction of like what the words mean in that moment. Then I go back and I watch the highlights and I'm like, okay, he stiff arms at the 35 yard line angling, right. And I kind of take that away and I'm like, okay, now let's put that into the word bank and use that when it's time to go. But the funny story I was going to bring up is I taught myself how to broadcast games by playing Madden on the Xbox. (laughs) Like I would just sit there and I would play. And as I'm winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl with the Detroit (laughs) football lions, I'm sitting there calling the games and uh, I, I would always bring in like different players with difficult names. Right. That way, I would say I always I was a big Matthew Stafford fan, so I never traded him away. I was winning Super Bowls when he was fifty, and yeah. uh, I would bring in guys with some tougher last names, and I would say uh, you know throws caught right side by X player, right. and that's kind of how I taught myself to uh, do it. I would do like two or three short games. And then I would rest my voice for a day, and then I would do the same thing the next day, even without a call that weekend. So yeah. 
I still kind of do the same thing, except I'll listen to Lions games now, screen record it, go back and listen to it. As Dan Miller says it, like 10 seconds later, uh, I'll try and repeat it, but make it in my own voice because I don't want to copy him. Sure. So that's a little bit of how I, number one, practice, and two, how I try to rest my voice. This I past week was hard. Sorry, because I had a 103-degree fever, mm, so I lost my voice completely until Thursday. So I didn't talk all week until Thursday, and then Friday was the day I had to start practicing because I was like, I don't want to go and dry to the Big Ten Championship game. I just right. can't do it. So I drove myself to Indianapolis and was just practicing my calls on the way there because I didn't want to be unprepared. Right. I just real quick, I know Jared's wanting to jump in. Like people don't think about that. I don't think, I mean, I did the same thing. I'm not, I'm not doing play by play like you guys, but when I used to play NCAA football in Madden growing up, I would be like in my head or even sometimes out loud calling the game. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's just a sports fan in me, but people think like, oh, I could do that. Turn the mic on. I can talk about football. I could call a game. I could listen to Joe Buck. I could do what he does. It's not as easy as it sounds, man, to be able to do that for three and a half hours, four hours, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's an art for sure. Yeah, we play uh, commercialists. We're well, we're a commercialist station because right. we broadcast on YouTube, so right. we have to keep the broadcast going through the media timeouts, which is one of the hardest things possible. Because number one, what do you talk about for about three and a half minutes at a time, four times per quarter? A lot of the time, especially, geez, oh, Pete's on Saturday night. The media timeouts were everywhere. Yeah, and you just got to kind of just banter back and forth with your color commentator. Sometimes like this year, since I was the head of football, I tried to implement like a studio host where we could bring in a third headset and try to talk through the media timeout with a scoreboard update. Or Mm -hmm. if there's any kind of injury updates that we can add, Michigan never really releases injuries. So that was kind of difficult to do, but that's just something that we try to do to rest our voices throughout the call, especially if I'm on all four quarters, because that, that gets difficult. Uh, looking ahead to uh, the college football playoff, obviously it's going to be exciting to be calling that. You know, hopefully we can get a win this year. Uh, how, how do you feel going into the TCU game, and then maybe ultimately, uh, you know, maybe you don't want to look too far ahead to the national championship, but seems like the boys are are ready to play. How do you feel watching them? Yeah, I think in comparison to last year at the Orange Bowl against Georgia, I think that we match up with TCU a lot better because last year I was. A little nervous going into the game, rightfully so, or playing against Jordan Davis. But a little nervous about going up against their front seven and against their offensive line. Although Michigan won the Joe Moore Award for best offensive line, I think they should win the award again this year. Yeah. But Georgia's front seven and their offensive line were so strong. And I was like, out of all the teams in the country, maybe them and Alabama are the two teams that would rival us up front. And that was absolutely the case because Stetson Bennett had all day to throw a lot of the time, especially on that first offensive drive where they marched down. Brock Bowers was special and he went and scored. But I think the script is different this year against TCU because the Big 12 has kind of reverted back to that whole spread offense kind of thing. And I'm not sure TCU has seen a team exactly like us. They've played similar, but not exactly like Michigan, where they're not afraid to smash you in the mouth for 60 minutes at a time. So I think that's what TCU is going to get a heavy dose of. And, I mean, we have the week off this week, which is a little bit crazy from practice and not doing anything at Schembechler Hall. So I'm looking forward to seeing, like, what Michigan ends up doing to prepare for them because I have an idea of what TCU is going to try and do. And to be quite honest, I think it's going to be a little bit like Purdue's game script where uh, Sonny Dykes will take kind of a coin of Jeff Brom 
and there might be some trickery. There might be a little bit yeah. of odd play calling from TCU because they're dynamic and the quarterback is super good. They've got a good running back and, of course, the star receiver. So I think they'll be ready, and I think this matchup is much, much better on paper compared to Georgia last year. I don't I think anyone matched up with Georgia last year. No, <laughs> they're on a level of their own last year, man. I can't tell you how bad I want to see a rematch in the national championship game. I don't know if it'll happen, but man, a rematch with who? With, with Ohio, Ohio State, State or Georgia? Ohio oh. State—that's the matchup I want. <laughs> I say. It he he, like come, he comes from the generation that it's all Ohio State. It's all about all Ohio, Ohio State. State. Listen, at that point, just move the game back into the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Hey, as Matt said in the uh, when we were talking off air before we got on, we're all over the place with questions. I want to go back a little bit to uh, what the what the press box is like when you're doing a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've caught I caught your highlights, and I'm going to start following you now, definitely, and catch the games. Do you have a color guy? Uh, is there a spotter? How, how's it operate in the booth for you? Yeah, all I have is a color guy. So okay, just like high school. Been, say that again. Just like high school games. That's me and a color <laughs> yeah. guy, and that's it. Yeah, it's just a color guy. Once in a while, um, when I'm not on the call and I give the second half or the first half, I always do the second half Big Ten games, first half in the non-conference, unless I have the whole four quarters, which mm-hmm. you know is always ideal for me because I love calling games, but. I'll try to spot for others because like their eye and their knowledge of the team just isn't at like the same level because I'm at practice every day. So like I said, competitive advantage, but no, once in a while, I'll get a little bit of help from a good friend of mine. That's usually in the broadcast booth as well, but um, just a color guy. Um, usually it's Adam Bressler, who's the executive director of WCBN, who just does a fantastic job of leading this this group that's gotten a lot bigger throughout the last couple of years since uh, COVID knocked us down for that whole 2020 year, yeah, right. but just a color guy. So I'm, okay. I'm lucky. I try to not depend on binoculars a lot to try and pick up the opposing team, but I prepare enough throughout the week, I would say, to be comfortable going in there and doing it on my own if I had to. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. I mean, it, even just, you know, you're a fan. You said you grew up, you know, a lifelong Michigan fan. Yeah. So, you know, you, you get a little wrapped up. I personally, so I've been I've been at ESPN for over 12, 12, 13 years, almost 13 years now. I worked in local news for a few years before I came to ESPN. So, like, I feel like I've been in the business for a decent amount of time now. Um, sure. I say all the time, I am not old school. I You know, I know the old school thing is, Ted Ted maybe still subscribes to this, that, like, your fandom isn't supposed to come into your call. You know, people aren't mm-hmm. supposed to show any bias, even if, you know, you know, the Homer calls, you know, the, uh, the Hawk Harrelson calling the White Sox game. And he's not even, <laughs> he's not saying a word when the Tigers would walk him off. He's just, he's not saying anything. White Sox lose broadcast done. <laughs> I, I think it's fine bringing the fandom into it. I think it's fine. I know you got to be professional. I know that, mm-hmm. but like, you're a fan. Like you're a Michigan fan. Of course that fandom is going to come out. Like do you, do you try and toe that line? You know, you don't want to be fanboy, but you know, mm-hmm. you're a Michigan fan when Michigan's whooping on Ohio state, you're going to be excited. Right. Yeah. That kind of goes back to what I said earlier about being disappointed after the 2021 Ohio state game, because I had the opportunity to make one of the biggest calls ever when uh, actually a good friend of mine, David Ojabo, Sack C.J. Stroud at the end of the game. Right. I mean, Gus and, Johnson had that call, right? Yeah, no, he he <laughs> took all my glory in that one, right? But, uh, <laughs> no, David sacked C.J. And 
like I was speechless because I was at the last game Michigan beat Ohio State in in 2011 with my dad in the stands, and I knew he was down there with my brother, and Ojabo sacked him, and I kind of went speechless, which was like something that never really happened to me because I was like, oh my god, like we're we're gonna win, and um, the only thing that left my voice was like I yelled Ojabo pretty much, (laughs) and I listened back to it and I didn't even put it in the highlight tape of that game because I was like, Zach, you're not on TV right now. Yeah. I, who, who knows what Ojabo did? Did he trip and fall? And <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, obviously he sacked him. I mean, people could tell that I was excited, but I was disappointed in that call because I was too much of a fan in the moment. And ever since that point, I was like, okay, I got to make sure in that moment I stay composed and calm and I would say I've done a good job since then. There have been a couple of moments where maybe my voice gets a little bit too loud because I'm excited at the point. I think the loudest point this year was Rutgers when um, Michael Barrett picked off um, Wimsett a second time and brought it back for a touchdown. That was just yeah. loud, but people could still tell what was going on. So right. I, I do try to toe the line enough to the point where the listeners still know exactly what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I just can't get over how great of a job this must be, you know, while you're still in school. But obviously, you know, you're going to be graduating soon. Uh, what do you what do you what's next for you? What what is it? Do you plan on maybe going to the minor leagues, like trying to get a job that route, or or what's the most likely route for a play by play guy like you? Yeah, I've actually tackled that uh, this past week, actually. Um, so I have now spent two summers in the Northwoods League doing summer collegiate league baseball. I was in Duluth in 2021 with the Duluth Huskies. And then I was in Madison, Wisconsin with the Madison Mallards um, in 2022, this past yeah. summer. And I'm actually going to go back. So I just signed my contract to go awesome. back to the Mallards and nice. call 72 plus more baseball games, 36 at home, 36 nice. on the road radio style. The home games are on TV because I do want to learn how to do the TV side of things. Although right. I, I love the radio, especially for football. So I think once I knock out Madison, for that last summer, it's going to try to be a full push on college football because mm-hmm. I, I think I have the ability to go and do college football somewhere, maybe at a lower level first doing play-by-play. But if it's something like Learfield and going to be a studio analyst, I think that'd be a good fit for me to start and then see soon, hopefully, to try and get a new role wherever that may be. It's not going to be at Michigan. That's the ultimate goal is to get back to Michigan, but it's obviously not going to be right away. Right. So. Yeah. Doing something along those lines to start, I think, is going to be the number one thing for me. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we are we are super impressed, man. I mean, yeah. we appreciate you taking the time out and joining us. Uh, you have three new fans, that's for sure. <laughs> appreciate and, it. And don't forget us down the road. You know, we might poke you for another appearance or two oh, down no, the road. Always, always. <laughs> well, before we let you go, and we appreciate all the time, tell our uh, tell our listeners and followers uh, the best way to catch up with you. Yeah, uh, well, actually, I was on a podcast of Blue by Nandi. That's why I have my at right next to my name. But um, right there, Zach Linfield. Um, I try to post my highlights every Monday following the games. And highlights for the Iowa game just went up – or excuse me, Iowa last year. For the Purdue game just went up today, um, Monday. So that it's been such a good time with you guys. And throughout my two years of calling Michigan football, I transferred into Michigan, so I didn't get to do any games before that. So – it's been a fun, really fun ride, and especially for my senior year. I hope that these boys can put us out the right way, although I'm already extremely thankful to uh, that group that we've done that at the Big Ten Championship game, going to Ohio State. I've called two 
the games and they've won both of them. So I don't think I could have had much better of a start of calling Michigan games until hopefully I get back in that booth someday. Not bad. Well, you got it made now. You got the three point pod boost. It's going to get it done. Right. It's a resume booster. That's right. There you go. Well, we appreciate it again, Zach. Thanks. Thanks Thanks again. All right, guys, before we get to Tedertainment this week, uh, I just got to tell you this little thing. Remember we had Jesse on, and he invited me up to the broadcast booth? Oh, yeah. No diss to Jesse whatsoever, but if Zach ever invited me to go sit in the booth with him doing a Michigan game, I am there. I guarantee it, and I think you two guys would be there too probably, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll go be a spotter if he wants to spotter. Yeah, I was going to say, man, I, I feel like that uh, that position of a spotter for him could could have been filled pretty easily with any, you know, uh, Michigan student. But uh, yeah, I would, man, it, would, it would be a very funny visual to see you assisting on a, a Michigan student broadcast. Uh, to help assisting? Hell, yeah, I'd say I'd have to have – I'd have to at least do a series. Come on. All right, all right. Yeah, like do do the like when they're playing like Toledo and just be I don't like, care. Just, be like, just give me one series. Just Hell, give, me if I give me this one chance, coach. Put me in. I'll uh, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be ESPN in no time. <laughs> if I could do one play on radio of Michigan football, are you kidding? My life would be complete. They might as well bury me and put me away. Yeah, I guess. I mean, call me crazy. I thought you had done a Michigan. I guess you just always would go down there to talk to Bo for for you know yeah. whatever the radio show, but it was never actually broadcasting a Michigan game. No, never did a game. Went to the press box, did the press conferences at all all that stuff down on the sidelines, you know, walked, yeah. walked off the field right next to Bo one time. Right. But, but no, never did play by play. That's, that would have been a dream. That's kind of why I kind of pushed him to say, Hey, don't give up on it. Go for it. Go for yeah. it. Whatever it takes. You know, if that's your dream, I really I mean, the do thing believe is, that. Is, you know, you're, you're building your resume, you're building your reel, yes. you know, Jared knows about that. You're building a reel. He's got yeah. Michigan football games on his reel. Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, that's as good. You know as what I, I think he's smart. He's smart because he posted it on social media. Yeah, smart thing he's doing right now. I mean, yeah. calls a good game. Posts the clips, like you said, every Monday. I mean, you want to grow yourself? That's the fastest way, right there. That's yep. the future for sure. You know, but radio will never go away. It'll yeah. always be there. You listen to a, a good play-by-play guy doing a college or pro football game. It's it's damn near being there. You know, they're so good at it and. A lot of times you're not able to watch it on your television. Right. You might be driving was, somewhere. So I was going to say, people are always going to be traveling. Right. So <laughs> radio is always going to be a thing. It, it is cool to see. Yeah, well, best of luck to Zach. It was great talking with him. And we'll talk a little entertainment right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, it's time now for Tedertainment tonight. And just a couple things. Um, 
me see here. Where did I want to start? There was a show we both were watching. Oh, Dahmer. You on my thoughts? Oh, yeah. We Dahmer. never got the final Dahmer review. First of all, Jared, you were probably wise not to watch it because I know you would not have any sleep. It was, <laughs> I thought, very well done, very creepy. The the star of it, uh, uh, Evan Peters, he was tremendous, I think, as Dahmer. Yeah. Niecy Nash, I thought, had a great spin dramatically as the next door neighbor that the police wouldn't listen to when she was saying, hey, man, there's some there's some crap going on here next door. Right. And I thought she was outstanding. I thought overall the whole thing was good. You know, and I didn't do any research as far as looking online. I did not realize that the the, the woman that played Dahmer's mom was Molly Ringwald. Yep. You remember her from the 80s movies or 90s movies, whatever yep. they were. And uh, the grandma was Michael Learned. She played Ma Walton on the Waltons back in the day. So, I did not know that. Yeah. I, I will say that the dad for Dahmer, I saw it. My yeah. girlfriend loved that. Richard show. Jenkins. So, I, yeah, I love the stepbrother's dad. That, yeah. Just funny that <laughs> two different worlds of being a dad. Dahmer's yeah. dad and the stepbrother's dad. <laughs> yeah, he's a great actor. No, it, it's it, a great show. Like I, I've told people, I probably said when we did this, if you if you can get past what happened, because I some people at work said they started it and they just they they couldn't watch it. My wife couldn't take it. So, oh no way! I take that back. She did stick with it. She just turned okay. away in some of the nasty stuff. Bizarre, yeah. man. Yeah. On a better note, you know, not to get religious here, but I just started checking out on Netflix. I think it originally was on Discovery Plus, which I don't have. Uh, a show called The Chosen. And it's, it's about uh, Jesus and how he got his disciples. And I've watched the first couple episodes, you know, and it's like a regular Netflix series based on that history. It was, it's well done. I'm definitely going to check it out and watch the whole thing. But, you know, it, for a change of pace away from all the murders, The Chosen <laughs> right. on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've seen a promo for that. It's really it, it good. Would, it would be an interesting story to see how, how it played two, out. Two. Two different ends of the spectrum right there, yeah. man. Dahmer yeah, and sure. the Chosen. Uh, you, you have some interesting, you, you have an eclectic taste, man. Yeah, I go from uh, Satan to Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah, how about you that? Still, <laughs> you still haven't uh, bitten on, you know, my big recommendation, which was White Lotus, which no. I think is one of the best shows HBO has going. Uh, Mike White, the director, actually, I always know him as, uh, he's a big-time Survivor contestant. He's always on that show, and I think he's, you know, finished in the top three a couple times. Uh, but he's also Jack Black's brother in School of Rock. So that oh, same wow. actor uh, uh, is a great director. It's just such a good show. Uh, you got Jennifer Coolidge. You got your favorite actor of all time, Michael Imperioli. He's right. got. He's probably my favorite character in this entire mini series. Uh, just wrapped up episode six last night. Three more to go. I can't recommend a show enough. It's like a murder mystery that it just has a lot of comedic great uh writing in it so i just can't recommend anything more than that show it's so good man i am on board i am on board with it jared i think i'm six episodes into season one so i'm trying to catch well, up. And what are your thoughts uh, oh, i like it we like it yeah yeah i mean first of all you can't beat the scenery in hawaii right. there i mean it's yeah. just incredible um the one girl from euphoria she's on it she plays kind of a snarky teenager yeah. And uh, yeah, the cast is good. The the plot is definitely bizarre, but Jennifer Coolidge, she's worth the price of admission herself. Yeah. As as Bart said the other night on our way to the game, on the way to a party, is that Stifler's mom? I said, yeah, that's Stifler's mom. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, no. No. It's an interesting kind of yeah, like you said, it's a bizarre plot where it's just basically about these all these different people that go on vacation, right. uh, and basically you get the teaser at the at the start of like there was some murders that happened, right. uh, and then it just starts this very slow like suspenseful build to to a finale. It's just very clever, uh, and, and like you said, great cast. Yeah. 
And again, we've said many times before, it's HBO. So how bad can you it know be, it's right? going to be good? Yeah. Something that I'm, I, I think Ted, you've said you've you've been keeping up on, or I, I'm not sure if you said you've you're you're caught up on almost uh, Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. I know Jared, you said you you kind of wish or you you want to get into it. You got you got some catching up to do if you're going to. But this this current season, I told my wife last night because it airs on Sunday nights. I kind of wish that we could wait until the season was all done so we could just binge the whole mm-hmm. season. Cause it's one of those, when one episode is done, it's, it's not enough. Yeah. I, it, I am such a big Kevin Costner fan, but this story, you can see ways that these, this isn't spoiler for you, Jared, but yeah, you, you can see that they've seen what storyline I guess is working and they've gone away from a couple other things that, that they were doing in the, in mm-hmm. previous seasons. And they, they see like, I think what is working. Um, the story is so cool. Kevin Costner is great like you said about the scenery in Hawaii with the other show, the scenery out there in Montana is just incredible. The ranch. I love the story. Like, so there's, there's almost like two sides of the show. There's like the government politics, all that. Cause now he's, he's the governor. And then there's the ranch and there's mm-hmm. just like living out in the mountains. I like that side of it. The, the politics, the governor, all that stuff is whatever. It's cool. When they're just doing the ranch, the cowboy like stuff, the cowboy yeah, stuff, never... man, that's, I, that's what it's all about. I'll be I'll be honest. I've never whenever people talk about Yellowstone, I've always thought like a ranch in Montana. I mean, how much drama can there be on that damn ranch? A lot. But now a that lot. I know that there's you know there's obviously you know maybe a little bit of cowboys, maybe a little bit unrealistic like kind of gunfighting or what. I don't I don't even know what the show's about. I need to watch it basically. You do. Well. Yeah. If you want the rating, you know, take my word for it, Jared. And take Matt's word for it. It's three thumbs up on the three point Easily. scale without a doubt. Easily. Start with season one. Work your way up to it. It's tremendous. Yep. Well worth the watch, no doubt. I think yep. we'll just leave it. We'll leave it right there. I have more stuff we could get into, but this has been a long pod as it is, and uh, we got to get out of here and do other things. But uh, we really appreciate all you listeners out there. This has been the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare, the home of the Now Community Wellness Center. Sign up, get yourself in shape, do that twenty-one day challenge, just like Jared's doing, and I'm going to start tomorrow. Uh, get over to Memorial. Check them out at memorialhealthcare.org. Give them a call, 989-720-CARE. Also, we're teamed with SkyMint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry. All kinds of locations throughout the state of Michigan. Check out the SkyMint Reserve. Go to SkyMint.com. Find out what they're all about. Join the rewards program. And check out the Corona store, the coupon code 3.20. Also, let our other sponsors know you listen in. AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals, Tap House and a Grill. Again, Congratulations to Ashley Connolly for the purchase with her family. Looking forward to meeting her personally. And thanks to Jim Woodworth and his staff there at Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Give us a follow on social media at 3.pod. And definitely make sure you subscribe to our YouTube YouTube channel. This podcast can be viewed on YouTube. And we'd love to get the followers there. Thanks again to Michigan Student Radio Football Play-By-Play Guy, Zach Linfield. You can follow him at Zach Linfield. He's a part of WCBN Sports down there in Ann Arbor. You can probably check him out there as well. Uh, Our next Castle Game of the Week coming up Friday, December 9th. Owasso at Corona. Boys basketball. And then till next week, everybody. So long. Peace and love. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org.
Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.